Welcome to the Equestrian Connection podcast from WeHorse, the online riding academy. My name's Danielle Kroll, and I'm your host. On this episode, we're talking with Christian Krover, the co-founder and CEO of WeHorse. Yes, our very own WeHorse. Born in Germany, Christian has a distinguished background in both entrepreneurship and equestrian sports. Having successfully competed in dressage and show jumping on a national level, he has been deeply rooted in the equestrian world from early on. For example, his father founded Equitana, the equestrian sport world fair in 1972. Christian shares the passion to connect horse lovers globally and pushes the frontier of technology and education. In 2018, he pioneered the concept of online equestrian education by transforming the former company, Preferdia TV, from a DVD-based e-commerce site into WeHorse, Europe's leading equestrian education and video streaming platform. Christian continues his involvement in the sport as a moderator and host of major equestrian events such as Equitana, World Cup events, the German Championships in dressage and show jumping, and many more. I'm so excited to chat with him today and learn more about what inspired him to start WeHorse, what inspires him to push for change in the equestrian industry, and so much more. Let's dive in. Christian, it's Interesting. I, I can't say welcome to the podcast, um, you know, because you've, of course, started the podcast and been here before. Um, so this is a really interesting one for me, though, where I get to turn the tables and interview you, the CEO of WeHorse. So welcome. Yeah, thank you, Danielle. It's actually <laughs> super exciting for me also to be on the other side of the table um, and also to share some maybe interesting facts about the company, uh, how it all came together, and I'm uh, super excited to be here. Good, good. Well, let's dive right in. So we're going to go back to the beginning. Um, how did you get into horses and what were your first Oof. few years like as an equestrian? Yeah, how do I get into um, the equestrian sport? That's a good question. I was born into one of these horse families um and um there was actually no escape for me um and my father founded a big equestrian fair and at home when i was very young you know when you're five or six or seven you kind of have your the, the first memories you make and um i remember very well that famous people from the horse world um in um, in europe or in germany I'm um, living in Hamburg, Germany right now. And this is also where the um, majority of the operation of our company as WeHorse is today uh, is located. So I was basically born into this horse world, but I never wanted to ride. It's an interesting fact. Um, until I was 11, 10 or 11, I can't remember exactly, 10 or 11, I didn't want to ride at all. I actually, I played football. Mm -hmm. So I, I was not interested in horses at all. Of course, it was expected of me that I'm that I'm going to ride or be an equestrian, um, but it was never the case. I was not interested. And then when I was um, 10, um, one of my cousins, um, she has um, frequently come, she frequently came in the summer to our place, basically to do vacation and to ride our horses. And I liked her a lot. I liked her a lot. And the only um, option to spend time with her was grooming the horses, being around the horses, riding and all these things. And 
I already had a pony waiting for me, but I there were always other people riding the pony because I didn't have any interest in in her. Um, the pony's name uh, was Dolly. <laughs> and um, yeah, then um, th these were the first steps actually of me also picking up uh, horse riding. And then uh, from there, things evolved. So you're, you're being very humble and modest saying that your dad started an equestrian fair. So um, for those who don't know, Christian's father started Equitana, which is, you know, now a worldwide event. And, and what was that like, you know, to, to be in amongst the growth of now what is such a, a large event? Mm, I think I have a different angle on that or a different view. Um, the reason why, like, I'm, I'm not being humble on purpose here, it's more that I don't have or I didn't contribute to what Equitana is right now. Mm. So I wasn't a factor in that equation. Of course, I'm very closely following what Equitana is today. And also, let's say the past 15 years, the time that I can oversee. Um, but of course, it was it was a very important time also for me to see how um, Equitana got bigger. I basically grew up on this um, equestrian fair that brought people in from all over the world, from North America, um, from African countries, uh, from Australia, New Zealand. So it was always fascinating to me. And, and of course, I have very deep relations to what Equitana represents as an idea and um, also as the commercial platform it is today. Um, but nevertheless, I didn't contribute to the success of, of Equitana. And that's why um, I always tend to say that I, um, I'm today an ambassador of, of Equitana, but I'm trying to do my own thing. Or we mm. also as a team here try to do our own thing. Hopefully it's not only an attempt and also we, we get something done. Um, so that's why um, there was always this, this very um, humble notion of, of um, not being a part of it, but also seeing the, the benefits and, and how it got bigger and um, yeah, how eventually also my equestrian world has been established and formed. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Now, let's go back to Dolly for a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so once you became 10 or 11 and you, you did start riding, um, where did it go from there? You know, in, in Germany, we have a very organized um, horse sport system. Let's phrase it like that. And... Um, it changed in, in the past years, but back then, um, you basically had two options, dressage or show jumping, um, or both. Like, I I have um, two brothers and two sisters, and my two sisters, they are both riding, and um, one of them, on an international level, um, she was riding um, eventing, so combining show jumping and dressage. I more leaned into dressage. Um, 
I was actually, when I was a kid, I was pretty afraid of show jumping um, because I never had a horse that really was um, able to, you know, help me in difficult situations um, in a course. And so I was more, more turning towards dressage um, when, when I got a little older. But the interesting thing is because as a boy, it's not very easy to um um to not pick up another sport and stick to riding mm. because you are mostly surrounded by girls um and um i think it's a phenomenon that is global yeah. um, and 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 is getting stronger uh, by the year and we were five or six guys Mm -hmm. were, we, we were in the, on the same school or in the same school and then riding together. And that was, that was actually helping me a lot because it's a lifestyle around it, you know. Do you wish you could have a better partnership with your horse but aren't sure where to start? Do you want to advance your riding or horsemanship but don't have access to the ideal resources in your area? Does the idea of learning about horse training whenever and wherever and at a price that won't break your horse bank sound appealing to you? Check out wehorse.com to access over 175 online courses with top trainers from around the world. We have courses on everything from dressage to groundwork to show jumping to bodywork. And as a member, you get access to everything in our WeHorse library to watch whenever you want. Oh, and we also have an app, which means you can download a course or video to watch without Wi-Fi, which is perfect for those days at the prime when you want a quick dose of training inspiration before your ride. So what are you waiting for? Go to wehorse.com and check out our free seven-day trial to access our WeHorse library and see if it's a good fit for you. We can't wait to see you in there. And now, back to the episode. After school, we went to the stables and and, and did everything together, um, and that was super cool. And then later, I also got more ambitious. I was riding very competitively, and eventually in dressage until the, the pre Saint George level, um, and um, I was also winning some medals at regional championships. So there was some success but nevertheless um i think all my trainers had a hard time training me because um i'm not blessed um with too much talent to be fair <laughs> <laughs> well it's one of those things that i mean i'm i i agree i'm in the same boat i'm the same way where i'm like you know what i'll get to a certain level and then i'm aware that i peak you know exactly <laughs> like, and I peaked with 17. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm happy to just be a pleasure rider that does it for the fun of it. I know I'm not going to go anywhere else. That's fine. <laughs> and, and I think my entire perspective on the changed also. Today, I'm just a pleasure rider. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't have the ambition to, to go on horse shows and compete on a certain level because I know what effort it takes to get me there. Yeah. And and the combination between horse and rider, and you need a trainer, you need a facility. So there are there are so many factors, so many puzzle pieces that have to come together. Um, that today I'm just um, a pure pleasure rider, and that 
brings me way more joy than being in the ring all day and and riding for ribbons. Mm -hmm. It's just a different thing or, or it's the same thing just with a different perspective or a different take on it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone listening is whether they're they agree with being a pleasure rider or they resonate with being a competitive rider. They probably are nodding their heads right now thinking, yeah, I, I, I like being a pleasure rider or they're thinking, yeah, I'm aware of everything I have to sacrifice to the like the training, the facility, all of that stuff, the work life balance, you know, to be to be a competitive rider. Totally. Totally. So, and, 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 and I think if I'm if I'm at from um there is there is it is so much fun being a competitive rider like that none of you get me wrong that 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 i don't or didn't like being a competitive rider um it is it is really really cool and and there are i have so many great memories of that um but as you grow older um then you realize eventually it boils down to the experience you have with a horse um and you can achieve that by being the best uh, at a horse show and, and and winning ribbons, but you can also achieve that by going out for for a trail ride. So it is basically um, two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. That um, ties in nicely um, to WeHorse. Actually, you know the the brand being there's there's something on the platform for everybody, whether you are a competitive rider or whether you're a pleasure rider or a horse lover. Um, so what inspired you to start WeHorse? Like as you went through your equestrian journey, when did you start to think, you know, I'd really like to bring an education to everyone that doesn't have access to trainers and facilities and, and all the things we've mentioned? So first of all, I'm a rider myself and I know the obstacles and challenges that each and everyone has in their daily routines. And um, so as we have a little time, I can tell the longer version of the story. <laughs> um, I was, I, I never intended to or to have a professional life in horse sport. Um, but I was always... I was always um, looking at at the industry and checking different companies, and I was always interested in in how different companies can help people overcome problems or solve problems for them. And um, in um, 2017, so we are almost in 2023, so almost six years ago, um, my Back then, the, the parents of my back then girlfriend, now my parents-in-law, they were having a, um, basically, um, a publishing house for learning content DVDs in Germany. And they were actually looking for someone to take over the business because they, um, they were into the DVD world and they didn't have the... Um, power and and the energy to bring it to the digital world and I was always looking at different companies and thinking hey if you digitalize this or that it could be a problem solver for thousands of people and I actually I would have never thought of asking them hey can I take this over because 
at that stage we were not that close yet mm -hmm. but then at some point they were asking me basically hey do you want to take this over i was um working in the financial industry and i wasn't really satisfied and that's how i together with my um business partner sophie um that that was the the point we took over this publishing house from my parents-in-law and turned it into a video-based learning platform because i knew back then from myself i had one trainer he didn't have time every day not not in those times that were suiting me best and also not um, for the price tag that i wished for and Back then, a platform like Wios would have helped me a lot to get inspiration, problem solvers, step-by-step -step tutorials, and we turned this amazing, this amazing library of content into a video streaming platform and learning platform. And then we started producing new content with um, famous writers. We already had relations to all these writers, and in the existing content, there was already a lot. And and then we basically branched out into other different areas. And in 2019, we started with our English language platform, um, first focused on, on European countries. And then um, I think it was last year, um, we broadened out or reached out across the pond to North America, which is super exciting for us. And um, that's how basically the idea of, of, WeHorse and, and the brand and I think what we represent and also what we what our mission is um, yeah came together mm -hmm. and that's something that I love especially living in like a, a rural area that I do um, having access to whether it's like trainers at the top um, that you want to really learn from, or even just somebody to be able to to come to your area or to for you to trailer to theirs, it can be challenging. Um, and also, I live in an area with four seasons, so if I could have eternal sunshine, it would be lovely and wonderful. But I don't. You know, I have winter and wet um, seasons and all that. So. Um, having my horses at home, I don't have an indoor arena anymore. Um, I can't always be riding. And so having the the courses that aren't always ridden, like there's so many ridden courses, but there's also a lot that are on groundwork or the T-Touch and the Masterson method. Like I'm, I'm loving those right now where we're having so much rain. Um, and so it's, it's wonderful and well-rounded. And the other thing that you focus on so much with We Horse is horse-friendly training, um, which is a term that we're hearing more and more and more, and something that you've basically built the business on. Um, so can you explain what horse-friendly means to you and how We Horse accomplishes um, that goal? I think horse-friendliness for us is paramount. Mm -hmm. It is the key to everything that we do. What do we mean by horse-friendly? By horse-friendly, we mean that we want to propagate or um, or um, bring across philosophies, training methods, training techniques that are in the interest of the horse. So um, I think 
it's a um, it's a trend that see that 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 we see globally that um, horse welfare and also quote unquote rider welfare is becoming more and more important to everyone. Mm -hmm. So that means that the selection of trainers that we have, um, the way um, we, we we look at um, training techniques and methods and, and philosophies is super important to us. There are um, some, some um, training philosophies out there that we believe are super beneficial for, for your horse. And that's why um, we have a huge number of trainers on the platform that also... Um, resonate with this notion of being horse friendly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um, I think it's something that's so important. Like I said, it's it's such a topic that we're seeing more and more of, and and um, it's a needed topic. Um, and I, I think that we're only going to see the conversation around horse friendly and horse first um, increase. Totally, and, and I think it's a, it's a development both in Europe and in North America. Of course, they are different in tone and style, but um, eventually um, we have to do pro, more pro-horse things um, in order also to convince the wider public that equestrian sport is something that should be Olympic, um, something that should be... or. Uh, should be done on a competitive level. Um, I know, for instance, that the Olympic status of the equestrian sport is at the moment at um, at the International Olympic Committee being questioned a lot. That is not something that is um, in the news every day. But the reason why it's questioned so much is that the um, the organizers of Olympic Games are afraid that equestrians will bring so much um, will, will will bring so much media attention if things go go wrong um, that it's gonna be a risk for them having equestrians besides people that do fencing um, um, rowing um, and and football and I think the entire discussion around horse friendliness has to happen against the backdrop of we want to keep horse sport as a um, as a sport also, and and that's that, that 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 feeds into the notion that we talked earlier about that is it am I a pleasure rider or am I a competitive a horse show rider? I think it doesn't matter if you're competitive or horse show rider; it has to be pro horse. Because at some stage, we will have a hard time arguing um, why why we do horse sport at all. Mm -hmm. And here in Europe, it's a huge discussion. I know it's different in North America, but nevertheless, I think we as an industry have to face these um, have have to face this discussion and also come up with arguments why horse sport is beautiful. And we, th there are a million arguments because it's it's the only sport that involves two. Um, individuals, which is rider and horse, coming together um, in this in this beautiful manifestation of relationship, eventually. Um, but it can only happen if we stress the pro horse aspect mm -hmm. 
more profoundly. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Now, running a online company can have its challenges. Um, and then we mix in, you know, the ever-changing equestrian landscape. So what challenges have you met while running an online equestrian education platform? And if you can think of any examples, what ways have you like risen, risen to the challenge? Um, what yeah. do you still kind of see as a challenge? So I think in the first years, there was resentment. Is or is it legitimate to use a online resource to improve my skills? There was a huge discussion. And I remember that we introduced at some point um, FAQ section on the bottom of our start page. And the first um, item read, what is um, online learning and what is online streaming? Mm -hmm. Because people just couldn't think of when they um, checked out wehorse.com what our product is. It was just like, what is this? The Online Riding Academy? Am I supposed now to um, cancel my trainer and, and watch videos? Um, wh what is that? And I think there was one of the major obstacles and um, I think COVID alleviated much of this pressure because people now and also in the older generation, you know, without Zoom, things couldn't happen. Like you, you were using Zoom to attend um, your uncle's wedding. Mm. And you were using Zoom uh, to attend um, classes in university. It was the only chance to stay connected with the outside world. And people then better understood how online resources can help them reaching their goals faster. And I think that was a major driving force also for us. Um, I know COVID hit many, many businesses very hard and um, I say this with all the humbleness that is required because many people suffered a lot. For us, COVID was an accelerator and helped us reaching more people. I remember very well when the, when the virus broke out and one country after another closed down and um, it was March and April of what was it, 2000, 2000, two years ago. Um, 2020? 2020. Yeah, eh, not 2000. <laughs> no, it was a little bit more than that. <laughs> so that was a little earlier. <laughs> 22 years of COVID. Oh, God. Uh, no. Don't, even, don't even put that out there. <laughs> Make, yeah. No, no. Two years. Thankfully, it's over now. Um, then without us being like proactively approaching um, any uh, any media outlet, we were featured in um, the main um, horse journal of New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Like and and starting one day, we had people coming in from New Zealand. Then the other day, it was Canada. Then it was the United States. And it was really cool seeing that eventually we helped people all over the world. To be precise, we are now um, serving people in 56 countries. And 
that is an, a huge inspiration uh, to me that equestrians all over the world can unite around this notion of horse-friendly training. And then um, we help them with our videos, be it, be it Cavaletti training with Ingrid Klimke, or as you mentioned, um, Tea Touches um, by Linda Tellington-Jones, or the Masters and Method uh, from, uh, from Jim. It is just so cool to see that, yes, there have been obstacles. You ask about what, what, what has, have been the major challenges. I think getting people to understand what the product is mm -hmm. and how we can help has been one of the major big challenges. Have there been many small challenges? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, from... Um, I remember our first production in Florida. It was during COVID. And we had no chance to go over to Florida ourselves because um, I was at that time I was in Europe and there was no chance to come across the pond um, on an airplane because the United States says, no, 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 um, you're coming from a high-risk country. We don't let you in. But we wanted to shoot um, or produce with Karen Rolf um, the, the cars that you see on WeHorse right now. And we put together a team without ever, ever, ever meeting them in person. We did this via Zoom. Um, everything we have done collaboratively via Zoom, the... The production schedule and everything was managed from Europe. And then we had the producer in North America and Karen's right hand in Florida. And when it was really cool that even though such a challenge as COVID and travel restrictions have been in place, we were still able to get something cool out. Mm -hmm. And you've been asking for challenges. That, that I think was very concrete challenge that we face here of course very frequent not the travel restrictions but um, mm -hmm. every production is different uh, every corporation is different um, and we mm -hmm. try to do a lot here so there are many challenges but mostly 51% of uh, them we can manage mm -hmm. I think it's it's just gone to show how much technology has truly opened the doors um, like you said, to be able to put together a team of never meeting them and organizing something to to create something in this very collaborative effort, um, like that's something that never would have happened um, without totally. the use of technology and also without COVID kind of making us realize that we can do it. Um, and the other is the complement of the online learning, like it, it's, it's not so much, okay. Like you had mentioned, you have to stop what you're doing, fire your trainers, you know, all of that. And then just focus on online learning. Um, in my area, we have a, a wonderful dressage trainer, um, but she's in the next province over and she only comes to our province once a month. And so you'd book in the lesson when she's here and you'd work with her once a month. And then a month later, she'd come back. And and I was finding that so much of my once a month was being almost wasted because 
you went such a long time without seeing one another and you had to go back to, okay, what were you focusing on? And then adding in the online courses in between, you know, it, it was kind of like, well, here's what we've been learning. Check this out. And then you add on to your lesson from there. So it's, it's been a, a wonderful compliment um, to have the totally. technology with the, you know, the in-person training. I always tend to say that we are the workbench. Mm. Um, we are we are helping you to reach your goals faster, um, to get more inspiration for your training, concrete exercises, step by step tutorials, to basically support what you have already in place. Be it the trainer from um, the other province or um, someone that is there more frequently. We have many, many trainers also, and that's interesting, also using WeHorse and recommending concrete courses to their students saying, hey, I, w I won't be here for another two weeks. Please check out this or that course. Um, and then we can talk about it once I'm back. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, here, Re watch this to learn your flying lead changes. And then let's exactly. focus on that. Yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. a, that's, a, that's a neat idea. And, and, and the... The interesting thing about it is that, you know, when, when I was learning all of this, let's say flying change. Flying change is something when you've never experienced what a flying change feels like, it's super hard to explain to you what you should do um, and how it should feel like. Because that's a difference between equestrianism and let's say tennis or soccer or um, golf you know there are very technical factors you um, you swing the racket um, you hit the ball and and it it shall go um, 15 yards and that is what expected from you for riding, there is so much more feeling and technique involved. And it's super hard sometimes to explain how it should feel like. But feeling is so important. And it is so cool to watch these trainers on our platform describing this. Because there are not many people out there that can describe this very well. How to ride a, a flying change. Mm -hmm. I would have loved this to have this in my active writing career, to have this resource at my hand that can, yeah, um, under, um, underpin and undermine what I'm doing right now and mm -hmm. just supporting that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what would you say makes WeHorse different? There's lots of different um, like learning um, things that are on the market. And, and what do you think makes WeHorse stand out? I think there are a couple of reasons why we believe um, WeHorse can help everybody. And one is we talked about our pro-horse philosophy a lot. Second is we the, the courses that we create, they follow a curriculum. They are enriched with additional content. We are at the moment working on something completely new that will enrich the entire course experience. And eventually, it is also the trainers that we have. We have trainers from uh, a kaleidoscope of disciplines. And 
from different worlds. You have the classical European approach. You have also the North American approach. You have um, just the best from the best from all over the globe. And I think this makes us unique because we we are not looking at, okay, where is this or that person we believe is leading in um, this or that field? Where is this person located? And is, is that close to where we are or close to where we host people are? Um, we more think of, okay, who's the best in each respective field? And the best is not always the Olympic winner. Mm-hmm. That is also interesting um, to know. Th- there are Olympic winners, Olympic champions that are by far the best riders. But if you sit down, and I do this frequently, if you sit down with someone that is super successful and you ask, okay, why did you ride this turn? Why like this? How how was how, how were the aids? Some and I'm really talking Olympic winners say I don't know because it's my feeling. Mm-hmm. And being a good tra- or the best trainer for us and our goal is to work with the best. It is a combination of things. It is not only the most successful, not only the one with the highest social media reach and the most followers, but also can this person explain this in a, in plain English um, that everybody can understand. Mm-hmm. And that is super important. So this, um, this aspect of being, being a good teacher, being a good trainer, being a good expert on things is super, super important. And we very closely vet everyone that we are working with against this backdrop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's like you had mentioned, so important to have a, a clear layout, especially when it's online learning and you can't always just ask the question. You need them to yeah. be very clear in their ex- explanation from the beginning. Yeah. And, and um, sometimes people, people mix up success and, and the ability to, 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 train people mm-hmm. and I know very very successful trainers that um, helped people reach the highest goals um, medals world championships um, and more that have never been profoundly good riders mm-hmm. of course but of course they know what they are talking about and they they just have the talent um, to express and explain um, things in such a good way that people understand better. Mm-hmm. And that is what we are looking for. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you predict for the future of equestrian education? Like what is exciting you for 2023 and beyond? I think we are living in exciting times. Um, technology already helped us to help more people around the globe. I think we are only at the beginning. Um, 
these days people are talking about the metaverse and 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 other things i don't believe that we will stop riding horses mm -hmm. and that is eventually the nuclear the, the nucleus um of also what we do here we want to be a technology leader to help people not to have technology in the forefront um and so what i'm hoping for and i've been asked this exact question yesterday in an interview and i said <laughs> what, what i'm hoping for for the equestrian sport um be it um in the us and canada or beyond that more people pick up riding in the year 2023 than the year 2022 so that we have more people engaging with horses more people coming into um, not only the industry but into the into this world into this horse world um, that's what i'm excited for this is what we are working for here every day to inspire people um, and if we can reach this goal this would satisfy me and also the entire team you are also part of this team danielle we are Uh, working together on this um, every day, I think this will satisfy us all. Mm -hmm. So you're a, a very busy man, Christian. Um, apart from running We Horse and We Dog and the entire We Learn company, you also moderate and host major equestrian events. Um, I think it's so cool when I watch uh, different videos of like the, the German championships and that, and I can hear, and I'm like, that's Christian talking. I can hear your voice <laughs> as the announcer. What is it like moderating these major equestrian events, like going from that teenager that was competing to now being the one in the announcer booth? Mm, it's actually pretty cool. I always say it's my semi-professional hobby. <laughs> mm. It is super cool to be involved in these world-class events. And I'm very um, grateful for that, that actually when I was 19, I've given the opportunity uh, to prove myself. Um, obviously I didn't screw up, I didn't screw it up totally. Uh, so I, um, now today I am moderating and, and hosting a complete portfolio of, of events here in Germany. It is from the German championships, for instance, uh, in dressage and show jumping to World Cup events. Mm, but also uh, I'm moderating the evening shows at Equitana, which is for me personally, of course, a very emotional thing mm -hmm. because I've been growing up on this event and now I am the moderator and host in the big arena with a capacity of four, 4,500 people sold out every night and I'm the one in the middle of, of the ring. That is, of course, very emotional and special to me. Um, and also, I think it's it's a good um, mix also for WeHorse because um, I see a lot um, moderating Equitana is kind of like a equestrian world showcase for n nine straight days and I get all the latest trends and um, the latest trainers and, and, and what's changing and the, the, the cool thing about the horse world is it's changing every day mm -hmm. and um, that is for me I'm very blessed that I have this semi-professional hobby um, 
sometimes my wife is not so happy when I'm gone for three days to a horse show somewhere mm-hmm. uh, in Europe, but it's super cool to do. Mm-hmm. I, d- I did the announcing for a local horse show this summer and I was channeling my inner Christian. So. <laughs> yes, yes. And it was so nerve wracking. I don't know if, it'll, if I'll do it again. It was very nerve wracking. Yeah, it, it's, it's only nerve wracking for the first time. You get, you get used to it um, and, and you're a very talented podcast host. So probably, probably you will have um, not a hard time extending that to the announcer game. Oh, thank you. <laughs> So you have um, a one-year-old, or almost one. Horse or human? Child. <laughs> and now, do you see ponies in your future? Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, uh, we, we are still negotiating this here um, at the dinner table. Um, how we are we going to do this best? Uh, nevertheless, of course... Uh, you know, I was born into a horse family. It's still a horse family. Um, I run a horse business, so I think there's no way around it. Mm-hmm. And but but I think what's important is if you have kids and 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 you are coming from the horse world. If you look at um, entry list these days, you see a lot. This is the son off, and this is the um the, the the daughter off i think it's always good to give freedom of choice if henry decides to hey i don't like horses that much let's play tennis or um or football okay so be it um but uh, of course horses will play a role mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ponies are just so fun well sometimes. exactly <laughs> So let's jump into our wee horse questions. And you obviously know them, um, <laughs> Christian. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, all of you, for all of you that don't know, we are also having a podcast in Germany. Uh, and those questions, um, Daniel, as you said, they are coming also from our German podcast. Yes, I, um, I may have um, stolen them from the German podcast. You so. may have. You may have. <laughs> so um, obviously we're going to jump right into the first one. Um, there's no, no guessing or, or shocking you with this. Do you have a motto or a favorite saying? Yes, it is Panta Ray. Panta Ray um, basically means everything flows. It's by um, a Greek philosopher. I think it's Heraclitus. I'm not. Sh- I'm not super sure. But Pantare is something that I identify with a lot. Everything flows. Um, I believe the world is always in motion. Nothing is set in stone. Things are always changing, and this is a motto that I believe in. Mm, I like that. Who has been the most influential person in your equestrian journey? That's actually hard to say. Um, of course, people would first probably say my father, though I must say my father um, died when I was 11, so over 20 years ago. But still, I think the impact on my life that Equitana had and, 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 and growing up in this environment still shaped me a lot. So I would say my father. 
um, though he is sadly not around, um, it is still a big influence. And I sometimes find myself asking, what would he have done in my place when I'm faced with difficult decisions? Mm. Mm. If you could give equestrians one piece of advice, what would it be? To love your horse and to always focus on a good relationship and seeing your horse as a real partner. Please complete this sentence. For me, horses are... For me, horses are the passion that has so far shaped my life. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to add for our listeners? No, I would like to thank you to be on the other side of the podcast. <laughs> um, and I think, um, Danielle, we can already um, give a little sneak peek that our listeners here in this podcast will hear me soon with a special episode um, for Christmas. Yes, yes. And um, if you want to go, if anybody hasn't gone back and listened to some of our earlier episodes, go all the way back and you'll hear um, Christian as the, the podcast host. And then, um, yeah, there's uh, going to be another episode coming up here shortly. That's really exciting. And we'll just leave the little details there as sprinkled in hints um, that, uh, that Christian will be the host of. It's going to be, um, we, we, we can leave one hint. It's going to be produced in Europe. Um, close to Copenhagen, Denmark. So we'll see if anybody wants to do any uh, research. Figuring that out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find you and how can they connect with you? And of course, I'll be putting all the Wee Horse links and stuff in the show notes. Um, of course, Instagram, my handle is Christian Krober, K-R-O-E-B-R. Um, and of course, um, get in touch with us if you want to uh, on social media with Wee Horse, uh, our team and if you have any questions that you want me to have answered you can also drop me an email christian at wehorse.com perfect well thank you so much christian um for jumping on the podcast here with me today i really appreciate it and um i hope that you enjoyed it as much as i did i enjoyed it a lot thank you danielle and uh, yeah hear you soon Thank you for listening to this episode of the Equestrian Connection podcast by WeHorse. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a rating and review, as well as share us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at WeHorse underscore USA and check out our free seven day trial on WeHorse.com, where you can access over 175 courses with top trainers from around the world in a variety of topics and disciplines. Until next time, be kind to yourself, your horses, and others.